0: Ever hit a wall in your business and feel like burning it all down? You're not alone. Come on inside and hear about Sonita's pivotal moment and what she does when she's about to light that match. It's time for the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast designed specifically for female online business owners. I'm your host, Teresa Cleveland, and I believe we can all make a difference in that having a successful online business is one of the best ways to do that. Let's be real though, growing an online business isn't always easy, it definitely doesn't look sexy all the time, and it's one of the most fulfilling endeavors you can take on. There are no secrets to building a successful business, there's just the stuff you don't know yet, and we'll be talking about it all here in the cafe. Whether you're on your way to six figures or begin on, you are in the right place. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a chair. Let's get to it. Hey, hey. I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Growth Strategies Cafe. I'm Teresa Cleveland, and I suppose we could say I'm your barista here in the cafe. This is coming out on the third Thursday of the month, and that means it's time to meet another brilliant woman who's successfully growing her business. I am so happy to introduce you to Sonita Reese today. She's sharing a pivotal moment that she experienced along the way. It's a bit different from many that we talk about because it's such a positive one. As with all of them though, it allowed her to step more fully into her gifts and talents and embrace all of the goodness that comes with that. Look, she's just like the rest of us and has had those days where the thought of burning it all down runs through her mind. We're discussing that as well as some of the main causes of stress in team environments and how to avoid them, specifically during the onboarding phase and those early days of adding a new team member. All right, I'm going to give you her professional bio and then we'll get right to it. Sonita Reese is the Chief Encouragement Officer and Lead Consultant at First by Five, where she encourages people centric entrepreneurs and leaders to rise above their daily demands and lead with vision, clarity, and empathy. An ex corporate consultant and certified director of operations, Sonita uses her 18 plus years of leadership experience in the private and not for profit sectors to give her clients the roadmap they need to execute what matters and grow their teams and businesses in a way that everyone wins. Passionate about reducing avoidable stress and seeing people and organizations succeed, so Nita believes entrepreneurs owe it to the world to bring it without burnout. She grew up in Southeast Asia and now lives outside Washington, DC with her husband and two energetic boys. She views life as an adventure, thinks 5 AM is the best time of day, and values hugs from her sons more than any amount of money or distinction. Welcome, Sunita. It is so nice to have you here today.
1: Thanks, Teresa. I'm delighted to be able to chat with you and have a conversation.
0: One of the things that I really enjoy about you is how much calm you bring to things. When you show up, I just know that everything is going to be fine. You bring that air with you into every time that I've met with you, you just bring that air with you. So I'm sure that that is such a valuable, valuable skill, talent, whatever it is to your clients. Just to know like, okay, Sunita's here, everything's fine. <laughs> so as we get started, let me ask first: do you do word of the year? I do. And what was your word for 2021?
1: Create. And this word surprised me a lot. Typically, I've had words that are a little, it's a more philosophical than that. So the way this came up for me really surprised me. And part of my vision board says to consume less and create more. And that's really, you know, what I'm trying to do this year, not just for the sake of creation, but to serve. So creates my word of 2021.
0: Nice. And how does that how's that rolling out so far this year?
1: Interesting. Like I said, that word surprised me. I resisted it <laughs> because typically my words are breakthrough or something like that. The way that it's become tangible for me so far this year is primarily in two ways. One, I am creating more, not just content, but I think new ways of serving my clients. I have created a vision that I didn't have Prior to this year, I'm creating and have have slash am in the process of creating almost, if you will, a whole new business, which is different from how I started. So that's one way that it's shown up. The second way it's shown up for me is creating space and and joy for the things I care about and the people I love.
0: Nice. I love that. It's just kind of a holistic thing there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in and... Sunita, will you share a pivotal moment in your journey to where you are? I know I just heard you say that your business is changing and it's not, you know, what you first imagined, which I think that's the case for all of us. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things on this journey that, you know, we come up against and it's like, okay, is is it time now? Is it time to throw in the towel? Is it you know, just let me wave my white flag and be done. And we go take a walk or do whatever we do. And then we make that shift and we continue on. So what is one of those if you would share one of those that happened on your journey?
1: I sure will. By way of context, I have spent most of my adult working life in the corporate and nonprofit spaces working for someone else. So I am newer to entrepreneurship in the last three and a half years. And when I first got into this, it was really more about creating flexibility for my family and trying to do some work I enjoyed more than some of the reasons why I had left that corporate and nonprofit space. So the pivotal moment I'm about to share comes early on in that journey where the first One of the first clients I had was a large aerial imaging company and I was doing a custom research project for them. It coincided with a trip we had pre-planned to Malaysia where my mother is from and where I am fortunate to still have a living grandmother. So my two boys have gotten to meet their great grandmother in person, which is just incredible. Uh, The pivotal moment Came for me when you know I'm doing this work. I had gotten a new laptop because I knew my old one wouldn't cut it. Going on this international trip, it was bulky, heavy, and slow. And I think it was the second night we were in Malaysia. And at typical, as typical for me, you know, I tend to have jet lag for a couple of days. But I also had some deliverables for this client, um, and I was tired a little cranky <laughs> because of some of the work I had to do we were in an unfamiliar apartment and all of the things so that pivotal moment came we're in the midst of just feeling kind of out of sorts I had this sense of oh my gosh I didn't have to ask anybody's permission to go on vacation oh my goodness. This investment that I made of this computer, I will, I still have it. I'm talking to you on it now and I'm about to get a new one, but I love this thing. I haven't gone so far as to name it, but I'm so grateful <laughs> for the freedom and the ability it gave me to perform sitting up in the middle of the night where I just recognized that I got this client. I am doing this. I'm tired and cranky, but I didn't have to ask for somebody's permission and I'm doing some really cool work and yes, I didn't think it all the way through because I'm going to have to balance it while we're overseas on this really important trip, but holy cow, I got to do this. And that was that was really powerful for me. So I'd be lying to if, you know, I didn't share that it, it wasn't the optimal <laughs> work-life balance because of some of the deadlines I'd committed to, but just the recognition that I get to do this and I get to take this with me overseas and I didn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops or feel guilty for that was just really liberating.
0: That is an incredible realization. It's very empowering. It's very, there's so much freedom that comes with that. So how did that then shift how you did business from then on? I think this realization of I have choices
1: and I get to serve, that was sort of the, the spark. So that spark... Wasn't and hasn't always been bright throughout my journey. If your listeners are familiar with this CEO mindset versus an employee mindset, that's something that I had to really work out of myself. So, this pivotal moment that we just talked about, it was this very visceral, very tangible like, it's empowering. I get to choose. But I've had to remind myself of that. And so I think that picture that's coming up as I'm, as you've invited me to reshare this story, you know, that's something that has helped to anchor me. It's not always so intentional and thought out. Like you're going about your day and, you know, you have a challenging client situation or you're realizing that, gosh, I really should be doing more of X and less of Y. And right away you think, well, I get to choose. I'm thinking back to that time in Malaysia. No, but that said, I won't ever forget that, that I got to bring work and not have to make an exchange that would have compromised my family or shortchanged them. I carry that with me as I'm going through some of these other pivotal moments and decisions, especially when I'm frustrated or angry or want to burn it all down. (laughs) I don't know Mm -hmm. if anybody listening can relate to that. I have that thought usually at least once a quarter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is such an incredible feeling and such a gift that you got that so early. And, you know, wanting to burn it down, that's always the thing I always go to is like, Like, that's it. I'm going to go be a greeter at the Walmart and... you know, not really what I want to do. So that's always good motivation to get myself together. So when you say that, you know, you have to remind yourself of this, how do you do that? Because we we've all been in that place, right? Where it's where we've taken on maybe a client that we shouldn't have. I don't like to shit on people, but you know, it just wasn't a good fit. And you learn yes. from that, you know, for yes. the future. Yes. But we've all been in those places where even if it's a client that we love that we will become okay. overwhelmed or maybe there's scope creep and all the things, right? So how do you remind yourself in those moments? Because I feel like we can get so bogged down and lose total sight. Yes. So
1: three things really help me. And the first is I think getting a very deep understanding of my purpose. So it's been a journey over these last three and a half years. I would say I was always doing things intentionally, but I hadn't really, I think, found my, my purpose. And that's come up for me in the last six months. So I've always had whys, you know, primarily for my family. And then as I got into this and realized more and more that I had choices and I can use the gifts and the skills that I've had for an impact, it became an outcome. Uh, about impact. But in the last, I'd say six to nine months, I've really honed in on my personal slash professional mission, which is to replace distraction with focus and reduce avoidable stress for growing teams. And I am passionate about doing this for people-centric entrepreneurs and leaders because of everything that comes at them. So now really having that clarity around purpose I keep that in front of me. That helps. That's one. Two is just visually. Um, you know, I think many people say, well, I'm a visual person. I, I'm a word I'm a voice and a visual person, but after I finally you know, drank the Kool-Aid on vision boards, I think two years <laughs> ago and made the effort to do one, and it has really made a big difference for me, right? I keep it on the back of my uh, door in this office where I work. There's also that phrase create, create less, uh, consume less, create more. And I just have the word create around. So locking in back on that really helps. And then the third is, is community. So there's a combination of you know coaches I've worked with, communities I'm part of. I think one way that I've grown is not just having that community, but being a lot quicker to ask for help. Being just really um, happy and grateful that I have A community of people that I can shoot a vox or two or send a slack to or even pick up the phone yes I still use the phone to communicate Mm -hmm. with people in this online space and say hey what do you think about x or hey I've led teams for you know over a decade and I'm struggling with this thing that's so basic That's really helped me because I think what that represents is having something to go toward, but also realizing that I'm not going at it alone. And for a long time, I think I was unconsciously thinking I needed to do this alone. And that in those moments when you want to burn it down, it's almost easier to pull the trigger because you're like, well, I'm alone. It doesn't matter. So, having, yeah, just really embracing this idea of community in a messy way and asking for help, that third piece has really, really been helpful. Um, in those moments when I want to burn it down.
0: And that is something that I have commonly heard, not just here on the podcast and the brilliant women that I've had the privilege of talking with, but in the online space altogether, there's like two things there. The successful women that I've talked with talk about that community and the importance of that community. And for many people, that is another pivotal moment, you know, when we realize that because when we have worked in corporate, you know, you come from nonprofit, there is that I don't want to show any vulnerability, I can't say, you know, it's it's so difficult to ask. And that is, again, as we get in here, and we realize, oh, my goodness, there are other people here who want to support me who want to see me succeed. And that's a lot of this podcast, why I wanted to do it, because sometimes we don't ask. And so I want to bring on incredible women like you to talk about these things so that they can hear some of the things that maybe they're coming up against. And they start to understand, like, I'm not alone. And I can't ask. And I appreciate the the vulnerability that all of our guests have had in sharing these moments and, you know, being in a space where they're so willing to talk about it. Because what does that come from? Because we all collectively, at least with the guests that have been on the podcast, want To do that, we want to see other people succeed. So, we're more than willing to put ourselves out there like that. So, I appreciate that. So, going back to what you had mentioned about working with teams and creating the ease, can you share with us what are some of the main causes of stress? Because, you know, so many times you hear someone's hired, there's a new team member, and the next thing you know, The business owner is upset because things aren't being done the way that they think they should be done. And then the team member is ready to walk out because good grief you haven't really given me a lot of information to go on here because i think there's sometimes that miscommunication that just because you are hiring an expert or a virtual assistant who knows how to do a lot of things they don't know exactly how you do them in your company like they have the understanding of things and they can make them happen but there's that missing piece that sometimes goes over people's heads. So I'm sure that contributes to the stress, but can you talk about that and, and how you help these businesses have a more cohesive environment so that everybody gets to be successful?
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad you brought that up because for those of us who are leading teams, I think we should always remember that at one point we were on someone else's team and we still may be, and you know what that does that look like? A team is not just a group of people who are doing something, a team is a group of people who are working toward a common goal and have some kind of connection. And it's up to leaders to create that, right? So I'll go back to your initial, one of your initial questions, which are, what are some of the common causes of stress? I'll just highlight two, and, and that's expectations or maybe unreasonable or unshared expectations, and then communication. So let me speak about expectations. I think a lot of times when our leaders are bringing people onto the team, they expect that person without knowing it to save them. (laughs) And that in and of itself can set things up to be very stressful and often unsuccessful because no one person's going to come in and save your business. That's your responsibility as the leader. You get help, you get coaches, you have your group of counselors, you hire experts, but you're in charge. And so first and foremost, being clear about understanding like why am I hiring this contractor or this part-time employee or this full-time employee? what role should they play? And really thinking, is this, is this a strategic role? Is this a management role? Is this an implementation role? I've seen many situations where there's somebody brought in to implement, but there's not a great strategy. And all at once, there are expectations that this person is just going to figure it out and create all the strategy as well. Sometimes it's so unconscious that the leader, the business owner, doesn't even know they're doing it. The second thing is around communication, right? You mentioned, or I think you've mentioned in the past, that onboarding is sometimes often overlooked. And that word can feel really amorphous. Like, what does that mean? Am I, you know, am I jumping on a surfboard and riding a wave? What is onboarding anyway? It's the intentional act of planning for a new hire or a new contractor's First seven, 14, 21 days in your business. What do they need to know? Who do they need to talk to? Do they have enough time to do the drive by of the resources of your blog, of whatever the things are that they'll be touching to use in their business? And often, It's an email and maybe some links and then it's off you go. So there are different ways to do it, but being intentional to understand that like anything else, like an on-ramp to a busy highway you're going to be in a much better and safer situation to join the flow of traffic. If you've got a good on-ramp, that's really, really helpful for um, a team member and reduces stress because of the A communication that's already built in to it. And then the opportunities for communication that continue because of that good rapport. I mentioned two causes. I think a third cause is just not communicating values, which is a little bit uh, different than expectations. Some people love being in fast-paced environments where there is an expectation that we all uh, take initiative and we figure things out. And it's better to, for example, ask for permission or ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. That's great. But if you, as a business owner, haven't taken the time to define that, and say, hey, this is really the heart and soul of our business. These are the people we look for. And so you're not hiring people who consciously raise their hand and say, yep, that's me, that can also contribute to, you know, that rub of unmet expectations or miscommunication. And I'll just make one more comment uh, that I've seen, not just with onboarding, but across teams in general, that a lot of times leaders either, and through maybe all good intention, really don't have any clue for how long things should reasonably take. And it's, I think, I hope anybody listening to this will say, okay, that might be me, so what can I do to mitigate that? Just if you're entering a new situation, maybe ask somebody who knows or ask the team, team member or say, hey, we think it's gonna take this long, but a weekend, let's let's do a gut check. Because I've seen that over and over again where leaders unconsciously think something's gonna take two weeks, where in reality it would, it's it's three months on a good day. It just sets up not only stress because it sets a bit of a combative, like you're failing when really there's no failure. There was the failure was in the lack of thinking things through. And it's not a science, right? We will still miss. I know these things and I just recently onboarded a new team member and we found out, okay, we were a little ambitious in our first (laughs) 30-day goals. But here's the beautiful thing. One of my core values is open communication. And we really kind of met and aligned on that in the hiring process. We talk about that a lot. And so this whole 30-day thing where certain things weren't happening and it, it was not a stressful conversation It was, okay, I was a little overly ambitious and so was the person, the person had signed up for it. But as we got into it, we're like, "Mm, let's readjust and it's good. And I am really grateful. So I'll just share those thoughts in some ways that I help is again, tapping into these values. I can't emphasize that enough. Don't think of values as like the one word that gets scribbled on a post-it note and you throw away. Nobody remembers. No, if you're doing it in a way that brings energy to your business, A value translates into a guiding principle that's a statement of behavior, and that is powerful because you are letting people know, hey, these are the behaviors that this company is built on. These are the behaviors people who join the team have, and these are the behaviors that we can make decisions around. So those things, super powerful for hiring, for empowering team members to have more autonomy in how they make decisions. So I, if there's one thing I would just emphasize over and over again, it's, you know, what are you about your mission and vision and taking that time to really dive into your values and your guiding principles, because that supercharges the team from an alignment perspective, less wasted time. And from an energy perspective, people are like, yeah, this is me. This is how we behave. We know, and this is how we make decisions.
0: If it's done right, it's so intentional. You're creating the culture of your business. And so many of us, and when we left corporate, that's, you know, what we didn't like was the cultures that we worked in. And we forget that in the day-to-day we're actually creating that and we get to choose. It doesn't have to be a certain way. I so that. with the visions, I think that that's something too, that comes with maturing in your business, in your role as a business owner. I think in the beginning that it is maybe an exercise, right? And it's just like, if nothing else, you're just picking words from a list that it's kind of your, the picture you may have in your mind or what you should do, what you feel you should do. And when you get to that place where you're Actually, becoming aware of what's working in your business and what's not working in your business and bringing on team members is such a great way to highlight those things. <laughs> As you know, I think that that is where we become more intentional about that and it's like, oh hold up. Because when it when it's us, when it's just us and maybe somebody that we hire for, you know, a one-off or something like that, it's like, oh well, I'll go back and fix it. We just see how we're interacting with ourselves and, and the systems that we have in place or don't. But that new person that comes on, it does highlight a lot of that. And I think it's a it's such a good thing. And it's like any other muscle, the more that you use it and your team grows you hopefully get better at it. Not everyone has those skills, obviously. So when someone brings you in as that strategic partner in their business, director of operations, what do you think is going on that leads up to them understanding that I need someone in this role as opposed to, I don't need another virtual assistant. I don't need another temporary hire. I I need someone to actually help me manage and build this. Mm. Yeah, that's a great, great
1: question. And so I'm going to answer it in two ways. First, you know, leaders, I think who recognize that they need help to, as one of my clients says, keep the trains on the tracks (laughs) right there. There's that sense of that's a management. That's a, that's a skill. That's a, a, to a degree, a leadership quality where I can't do it alone. And This is important because if a train doesn't arrive on the station at the right time, there's a whole bunch of things that aren't going to happen. People aren't going to get to their destinations. Uh, Maybe they miss the next train. So I, I love that analogy or that metaphor that my client uses. So I think they have realized they need extra management help. First and foremost, in the director of operations space, and, and that's a certification I wear proudly. It is not a role that I am going to be supplying for clients in a retainer basis, you know, moving forward, but I have been kind of that person for, for several. So I'll add to my answer by saying it is somebody who values an outside perspective. They've gone from just saying, I need somebody to help me implement X because I don't know how to produce a podcast or I don't have time to write a blog. They recognize that in addition to getting things done, they want that outside perspective, that expertise, that experience to make it better, right? To not pick things apart, but to improve to add to, to challenge for the good. So it's those two things. I I think that at least at minimum, somebody bringing in like a director of operations or an OBM should ideally recognize. And ideally too, uh, these individuals or these leaders will recognize that they themselves may lack a skill to do that because it's not always about replacing. I find it's it's interesting when hiring is occurring to take something off somebody's plate. So, hey, I used to do this. I've got the SOP and now I want you to do that. That's important and that's valid, but it's a whole nother ball of wax when a leader may not know how to do something, especially at a strategic level, because that requires both require trust. I think one requires even more trust because in a sense, a leader is exposing their vulnerability. If they're not mature and self-aware, they might feel really exposed. And even if they are mature, it's still a bit humbling to say, "Mm, I really need help. I think it's always humbling to say I need help. And that's not a bad thing. Humility is strength under control. That's the first way I'll answer your question. For me personally, Teresa, as I am I mentioned, I'm pivoting my business to focus more on helping people-centric leaders build, grow their people and their teams in a way where everybody wins. When people work with me, they've recognized they really want that kind of partner in your pocket aspect of it, where sure, there's going to be action taken, but There's a recognition on, I'll say what some people might call some of the softer sides of business, like, which I don't think are soft at all because they translate into action and money and impact at the end of the day. But there's a recognition that, okay, my vision feels fuzzy, or I know mission's important, but I can't seem to articulate it. Yeah, these talk about values, I have them, but they just don't feel to work. So there's a recognition that there's a need um, at, at a certain level to invest in those things that shape culture and communication on an ongoing basis. I think when when people work with me, they've realized that and when they want decision making help as well. So let's not just get it done. But I want somebody to help me make good decisions, which is also something that directors of operations and other, you know, other providers who play in that director or strategy role do we're really helping business owners make decisions, which is worth so much, not only in terms of potential money down the road. But wow, the fatigue, the decision fatigue, we can help our clients release is worth so much because as business owners, we all know what's what's the most important asset we have, right? Our, our time and our energy. That's what I've realized uh, when people work with me or people like me, they're really wanting that.
0: And I think also, when we talk about values, sometimes we may feel as the business owner, like, great, these are my values. But how do we make that part of the way that we work in our company? Because a lot of times we're hiring virtual assistants, OBMs, or online business managers, director of operations who have their own businesses, and we're hiring them to come in and help. I think the question comes up because a lot of times then they don't feel like employees and and they aren't. So how do I make this happen? And so being able to come in and help them understand that. And I would love to have you back sometime to talk about those things. (laughs) There's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's like, oh, great. I now realize that I'm hiring people and I've now added all these other tasks to my list because now I'm managing these people as well as the things that I have to do in my day to day as the business owner. So it's nice understanding that now someone can come in and and do all the things that you talked about. Decision fatigue. Oh my gosh, so great. So definitely would love to talk about those things on another day. Sunita, your business name is First by Five. What does that mean? I love that you asked that question. This
1: is essentially what I want to bring to my clients and how I do business. First is a statement about priority. Keep the first things first. So one of my core business values is that life is greater than work. And so keeping the first things first your health, your family, whatever that is for you, and also translating that into your business. What are your business priorities? I feel like priorities are a much maligned word. They've almost become, I'll say a cuss word because everybody throws them around, but very few people really honor them, right? When we're focused on priorities, powerful, impactful things happen money gets made and people grow. So first is a statement of that. And five is my favorite number for a few reasons. One, I am a morning lark. 5am truly is my favorite time of day because not only is it quiet, but everything's new at dawn. So there's infinite possibility at 5am for me. Five is also considered the number of grace, uh, which is basically getting what you don't deserve. And also, you know, being able to be gracious to other people. I've certainly been the recipient of a lot of grace and and that's how I want to do business as well. In a nutshell, that's why the
0: name First by Five. I love how much thought you've put into that and that it just reflects you and your values and who you are. We're going to go ahead and put all your information in the show notes so that everyone can reach you and find out more about the incredible services that you bring to the table. that sound means it's time for our random bag of questions let's go ahead and jump into that we have i'd love to start with a would you rather because we've been talking about all this business stuff so would you rather give up your phone or the internet for a week phone why is that Oh, goodness. Well, as it
1: is, I keep it on silent most of the time because I find it such a distraction. I only check it at certain times of day unless there's uh, something I need to be primed for related to my kids. And I basically, if I have the internet, I can probably reach anybody I need it anyway. So I'm good without the phone for a week.
0: I kind of feel that way as well. Next up, how do you hold yourself accountable? especially when we're working with different clients and in our own businesses, how do you hold yourself accountable? I
1: either always have a coach or an accountability group that I'm part of. Sometimes they're more formal than others, but I'm so grateful to have had that realization early on in business because I think that's really important. And I have a couple metrics, you know, that keep me accountable to and last but not least, my husband. So it's not formal. I don't want to blow this up to be something it's not, but we talk about how not only the business is going, but the boundaries I've set for myself. And if I am veering from those, I invite him to let me know. I also invite him to tell me like, Hey, yeah, you are present with us or you're not present with us because that's part of my accountability. I've got business goals, but living and being present and available for my family is really important to me. So I need accountability in that area as well.
0: And it's great to have a partner who will step up and do that.
1: It really is.
0: Speaking of metrics, we have that bottom line, and that's an important number in our business. What is the next most important number in your business?
1: Okay. It is a metric, but it's not a number. And this is because of my pivot. Here's how I am tracking this. Uh, Actually, it is a number because I've created a scale one through five. I have a return on energy metric. And it, that's right now, it's for this season. I've had to lean into a lot of really deep work to get to the pivot where I'm doing now and just face some some challenging stuff in terms of my mindset and and all of it. And I know I'm on the right track when at the end of the week, I have a return on energy that's a four or five. It is qualitative, but it's consistent. It also helps me know that i'm I'm leaning into the right things. For me, if I'm doing something hard or unpleasant, that doesn't necessarily mean I have low energy. It's the combination of all of the right things, those priorities and service to, you know, this mission and where I'm headed that have become really important for me because I know at times when I'm really feeling blah, it's usually because I'm out of alignment or I am doing work I shouldn't be doing, or maybe what wasn't working with clients that are the right fit for for these kind of three to six months. That return on energy is a really important metric to me as I pivoting.
0: Oh my goodness, it does not surprise me that that is something important to you. I will say I've not heard so- anyone explain it like that before, so I really like that. I'm going to have to sit with that. Two more questions. First up, I have a question from another guest. She would like to know, what is the most surprising thing that's happened in the last three months? The most surprising
1: thing that's happened in the last three months is I realized through a in-person coffee conversation who my people are. So there's a lot of talk about, you know, ideal clients and avatars and this and that. I don't want to get into any, any of that, but I'm passionate about helping entrepreneurs and leaders and thought I was passionate about helping a certain kind and through this conversation it came up that really it's people-centric leaders that's it that's everything it's it's revolutionized how I'm thinking about serving my ability to start creating content in conversations that phrase people-centric has been such a surprising gift to crystallize really who I serve, but also this broader uh, connectivity point between my mission and how I serve. And honestly, it just, it just came out of a conversation. This, this person I was talking to the husband of a friend just said, yeah, I was talking to another people centric leader and boom, right
0: there. It was it so so powerful yeah. and that's the way it happens sometimes right well thank you for sharing that before we go what is a question that you would like for me to ask a future guest i think a great question to ask
1: a future guest would be, how do you keep going when, when you've exhausted all the usual tricks, the bag of tricks, like going to your accountability partner, finding things that motivates you? And maybe another way to ask the question is how did you overcome what seemed like an unovercomable setback? Maybe that's the question
0: wonderful thank you so much samita it has been such a pleasure we could talk so much longer and i definitely want to have you back to talk about the inner workings of all of this but thank you for giving such a great overview today i appreciate you and i cannot wait to reconnect
1: i appreciate you teresa thanks for everything you do for so many women you are an inspiration and i'm so honored to know you
0: oh thanks so much Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast. If it resonated with you, be sure to share it on Facebook and tag me to let me know how you're using this info to grow your online business. And of course, you're always welcome in our free Facebook community. And you can get there by going to growthstrategiescafe.com forward slash Facebook. Hey, while you're at it, go ahead and invite a friend. We'd love to have you.